This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Oh man, I'm back in the house. John Mills is back (laughs) in the house. Welcome to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us for this last episode before American Thanksgiving. That's right. And we're doing liquors, right? Yeah, we're doing a liquor week. And we're doing after dinner drinks that kind of go with Thanksgiving or just after a meal. Okay. I mean... Josh, that could be anything. I mean, it really. You know, I I could just hang out and relax and have a little more dessert and and drink one of my uh, scotches, smoky, is, not that smoky. That is something. Yeah, that <laughs> is something you could have brought, but you didn't. So, what did you actually bring this week? Well, I actually brought a cognac, and it's Pierre Ferrando. 1840 cognac, and I'll go into that a little bit later, what all that means. All right, great. How about you? Well, I have the Henriques and Henriques Malvasia 10-year-old Madeira, which is, I'm excited about it. And you've never had a Madeira, right? I don't think so. Okay, this is going to be a fun experience. I don't think we ever did one on the show, so I've not had it. No, we haven't had one. I've only had them like at restaurants or at friends' house. I don't think I've ever actually purchased a bottle, so... This is going to be a fun experience for you because I know it's going to be something very different that you haven't had before. Well, and we both could have done ports because that's that's the more formidable after dinner or whatever you know, kind of your your drink for chilling. Well, it depends on who you ask. Cause well, that's wait, true. wait, wait till we get into wait till we get into the Madeira. And we'll... You know, I don't think we ever did it on the show, but. Th- and I did not look for it because I know it's gone because it was gone shortly after we did it. We did a 1986 port. Yeah, the 1986 Cotilla port. And there's something special about that year, isn't there? Well, yeah. So it's my birth year. But the other cool thing about that one is it was aged all the way up until the year I graduated from uh, high school. Yeah. So it was a very it, it was a very special port to me. It was yeah, and it was a very good one, I thought. Yeah, it was really good. But so you're going to do you're doing this cognac and we're doing kind of more des- we're doing desserts because we're talking about after dinner or dessert stuff here. And dad, what did you bring as your pairings? Well, as my pairings, I kind of, you know, I kind of jumped around with ideas and you know, there's so much you can do. We could have had the pumpkin pie, the the pecan pie uh, what are the pies and cakes do we have Thanksgiving? We could have done any of those. Right. But I, I jumped to the cheesecake thing. And I really like cheesecake. And I have three different ones. I have a chocolate marble. I have a strawberry swirl. And I have a, a brownie cheesecake. So there you have it. Three wow. cheesecakes. Really? That's going to be really good. Now for me, I... I stuck a little bit more traditional with the Thanksgiving stuff. So we have apple pie. We have a brownie cookie. We have a a chocolate caramel biscuit called a Tim Tam. And then because my birthday is always around Thanksgiving, and one of the things I always ask for is strawberry cake as my birthday cake. Uh, We have a a strawberry-style cake here with us for a pairing. That's right. So I think it's going to be really good. It's it, but it's it's strawberry icing in a white cake. Right. And don't you really like the strawberry cake? Yeah, the strawberry ice. Right. Well, and you know, as the this time of year is really hard to find. As the quandary is, you know, it's not strawberry season, so you don't find a lot of strawberry cakes. So 
I had rather than make one myself, I had to just, you know, go with what I could get. So, um, you going to let me go first this time? Uh, yeah, I think you should, because, uh, based on the style of our drinks, the cognac is going to be the one we should start with. You know, cognac is, is a, a special drink. You don't really think about it, but it is made from grape. Yep. And it's made in a very special region. It's the cognac region, kind of like the champagne region. It's got its own little special region. And this particular bottle has on it, and it's a very interesting looking bottle because two things. It says right on it, 1840. They call it the collection of 1840. And the bottle is like a reproduction of the 1840 bottle that was used in this in this uh, country, or in this uh, cognac. And so it's first crew to cognac, 1840. And the strange thing about it is it didn't say XO. It doesn't say CVO. It doesn't have any of that on there. Because this was especially made for, obviously, sipping. But if you're going to sip, you're probably wanting to sip something old, like an XO. And you know the rules, probably, Josh, about an XO. How long does it have to age? Uh, off the top of an XO? Ooh, yeah, XO. An XO off the top of my head. I think it's like two years. No, it's, it's, like, a lo- it's, it's 10. It's 10, okay. And I was watching a video when you came in, and they were sipping one that had aged for 14 years. Oh, wow. And, you know, when you have a cognac, and we do this, we do this with, our, with our, you know, our other liquors. What are you going to do first, Josh? You're going to look at the color. Well, these are all the same color. I mean, the, the cognacs, in my mind, I don't know if there's any darker or much lighter than this one. I guess the ones that are XOs and age longer will be a little darker. But it's that beautiful kind of golden color. And you get that wonderful reflection of the of the light in the room. Yeah. And I've messed up already. I put my fingerprints on it, which is a bad thing. You shouldn't do that. Well, uh, Dad, before we go any farther, yes. we forgot about the blind from last week. Oh, well, I wasn't here. <laughs> I know. I totally <laughs> forgot. Here, I have, I have the, the envelope. I just found it. So was it um, the Imperial beer from Costa Rica? No, it was not. <laughs> okay. Well, that's what I was exclusively drinking in Costa Rica. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's not what I had in my, in my blind glass. Okay. You know? I think, Let's see. Did Jordan blind you or you blind Jordan? Jordan blinded me. Um, I believe I thought it was a a stout from a smoky style stout from the uh, brewers down in Subiaco. Subiaco. Yeah, at the monastery. Oh, okay. That's uh, actually north, north uh, east. Well, whatever. Okay. Yeah, it's a phrase. Have you been up there? I have not. Uh, Jordan and I We have, need to go. It needs yeah. to be a road trip. Jordan and I have a friend who he will go spend time at the monastery. Now, I read an article in the paper not too long ago that they're uh, petitioning with the ABC to actually distribute. That would be, that would be great. That would be, wouldn't it? 
Josh, you have you have the envelope for what this is. I think Jordan left you the envelope. Yeah. So I I'm clueless. You're gonna have to read it out to everyone. What what beer was it? Oh man. So it was a Montana beer that Jordan and I actually brought. Oh back. Jordan. It was <laughs> it was from uh, it was Huckleberries. No, it wasn't. It wasn't Huckleberry. I would have. I think I would have been able to get that one. Yeah. It was the Plum Street Porter from Bozone Brewery. Oh, really? So I was close in the style. I yeah, was close in the style, but porter, not stout. So, okay. Uh, you know, is it, it got some sour notes on it? No. Okay. No, it, it had a lot of like smokiness on it that I wasn't expecting. Oh, okay. And that maybe that was just coming off of all the 90 nights we have that had a little bit extra sweetness on it. Well, you guys were drinking 90 nights that day? Yeah, I told you this. We did a four year vertical in 90 right. nights. Oh, it my was, gosh. <laughs> it was so much fun. But anyway, so I was close, but not quite. Now, okay. back to this cognac. You were telling us about the color. It is a very pretty golden amber color. Right. First thing have you, you want to do after that is you're going to give it a little nose. You're going to give it some nose. And I'm drinking out of a traditional brandy or a cognac sniffer. And that's like a tulip-shaped glass. So you've got that, you got the the aromas and the alcohol and that coming up to you. Yeah. So what do, what do you get when you know? I get a lot of like caramely and nuttiness from the nose. There is that like bright, almost like it's not grain and it's not corn. There's just that other flavor that's in there that just smells almost like golden raisins to me. It has okay, that kind okay. of flavory, flavorness, flav, flavorness. <laughs> has that kind of flavor note to it, but it's it smells, you know, very like, like I said, nutty. Some like like waxiness. It's del- it smells delicious and it tastes delicious because I've been drinking it. <laughs> so I've had this before, and one of the things that I wanted to pair with it was a mincemeat pie, and the reason was because of those nutty notes. Oh. That you're that you're getting the aroma on. Where were you going to get a mincemeat pie from? Well, that's a darn good question. <laughs> now, come Thanksgiving, it'll be a lot easier to find that kind of pie. Right. Where we actually make it, and I don't know the formula. Mincemeat, yeah. Uh, this would go really well with a mincemeat pie, or m- even just mincemeat. Because it had, you know, mincemeat, if you've never had mincemeat, it is slightly sweet. It's very aromatic. A lot of spices to it, and that would match. Re- that would be a great pairing with this. And the pecan pie would be a great one in my mind too. Why is or that? a walnut. I mean, you could some of these tree fruits, the nuts. I think you would have a good pairing. Now, I'm thinking the chocolate's going to go well. We'll find out. Um, I almost did that thing that I've done a million times, Josh. Which is what. Get my nose in there too far. <laughs> yep. Because this is hot. It's 45% ABV. So that's a little hot. Yeah. But that's okay because the technique on a cognac, if you, if you don't put it in a mixed drink, is you sip it. Right. Because of that reason. And because of the reason of, you know, it's a warming drink. You're drinking it after after dinner or with that 
dessert that you're just not going to slam dunk. You're just kind of taking your time. But, you know, that's that's what that's all about. And then, have, then we want to take a sip and see what kind of uh, different taste from the, the aromas we get. Have you tried a little sip? I have, but I have a mouth of cheesecake. So tell us what you're tasting. So I get some leathery notes. Okay. And I, and I get, of course, some sweetness. So before you continue, can you kind of explain for maybe people who are like leather, what do you kind of mean by that? Oh, my goodness. Well, so to me, a leathery note is kind of dryness and earthy because leather comes from that cow. Yeah. And the way it's been tanned or whatever just kind of gives it, um, you know, it's hard to explain. So it kind of reminds you of like a saddle or like a nice bag. Well, yeah, and really the, the, you know, those saddle, okay, I had some, I had some really nice boots and I'd get all that, that saddle wax and you, you wax, yeah, you wax that up, the, the saddle soap and you get that really special earthy, soapy saddle smell. Uh And that's kind of what I think that might taste like. Okay. So I'm getting that. It's just reminiscent of it is what it it kind of, it's sparking that memory for you. Yes. Yes. And did you get anything like that? I can, I can see where you're going with that. Cause I, you know, I talked about wax in the nose and I'm thinking like beeswax or those sorts of things. And I get that still kind of on the palate, but it's very nutty. Uh, I don't, I don't eat a whole lot of nuts, but I'm sure there's, (laughs) no, but I'm sure there's a nut out there that has a really waxy consistency. Mm. Like I just think of maybe like a Brazil nut or something that has Mm. that texture of that kind of meaty nuttiness, but also that weight of that kind of waxiness. I get that. I get, I still get that like gold, like raisin, raisins covered in honey, Mm -hmm. but not sweet. Like if that makes sense, like that does. There's not there's not sweetness going on in this, but I get that kind of reminisce of a golden raisin, mm-hmm. of a, some light honey, some little bit of vanillainess. It's mm-hmm. also you know what I'm now that I'm thinking about it. You know when you make baked brie or baked camembert, yeah, you spread the honey on top of the of the puff pastry, right? But that bite you get that has the puff pastry, the little bit of honey, and the rind. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That yeah. kind of te- that kind of flavor, but it's also very light on your palate. It's not; it doesn't really weigh it down, and it's just good. Like this is a really good. This is a really good cognac, even though it's not designated. Yeah, it's not rated, but it still is a good cognac. Now, in your research, did you find how what the aging is like on this, and the, like what they use to age it? I actually didn't find that. I mean, um, you're, you're talking about how many years? No. I, well, yeah. Eight, well, yeah. Like, how long like, did it say it's been aged between this and this or what it's been aged in? Can I see the bottle, Dad? Yeah. See, I didn't see that. Oh, I'd have to read the back of the bottle. But you're right on about that honey because I get that same thing. Um, they say... So here's a hint. They say this formula is a higher proof than modern VS cognac. Okay. 
So I wonder if that means it's in the category between VO and VS. You mean for their aging? V- VS and VSOP? Yeah, VSOP. Well, and you know, there may be an alcohol, there may be an alcohol level component to the laws as well, which since, you know, this is 45% or 90 proof, maybe this could be a VSOP. Right. But because it's higher in proof, it then it can't be a VSOP. Yeah. But I think, like you said, they're not going for one of those styles. They're going for no. a very cocktail-friendly style cognac. Yeah, their their master blender, uh, Alexandra Gabriel, he partnered with a friend and cocktail historian to revive this spirit as the 1840 original formula. So in those time frames, I think, you know, they really weren't sipping it. They were mixing it well a lot of people don't know that cognac is an extremely classic cocktail use especially like for us here in the united states we don't think about it as much you know we think about our we think about our spirit we think about bourbon we think about whiskey but before bourbon and whiskey were made what was there right it was cognac you know and your mom knows about cognac yeah because she loves sidecar (laughs) and she loves Cognac sidecars because and of me. this is the this is the <laughs> cognac we use for her sidecar. Well, so yeah, so you know, cognac is traditional in a sidecar. It's traditional in a French seventy-five. This is the French part, one of the French parts of the French seventy-five. Oh, okay. Most people nowadays will use gin or use vodka, which I'm like, hello, that's not French. <laughs> if you use a, a French. Gin. Oh okay. come on! They, they weren't making gin back back that long no, ago. No, but these this, it was British. The, the this, Brits were making the gin. Well, the parent company that that owns this is now making French gin. Well, okay, everybody's I, making it now. Well, that's true. I mean, we make gin. And here that doesn't in mean it's good, right? We make gin here in Arkansas, but traditionally, the 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 distillate of France is cognac. cognac. Is cognac or brandy? Uh, there's another one which is called Calvados, which we've talked about a little bit before, but mm-hmm. it's an apple brandy, mm-hmm. which brandies are fruit distillates. Right. Sorry, I get, I get super passionate about this because I think like a French 75, a sidecar tastes so much better and have so much more complexity when you use a cognac or a brandy with it. It's just almost a different cocktail. So I was on the website, and I'm going to have to try this, because as a different cocktail that spurs what I saw, a mint julep using this cognac. Okay. That would be great. Well, especially because they made this monster. It had four ounces of the cognac. I mean, that's a (laughs) double-double. Not a double-double. It's a double. It's a double. Well, it's more than a double because it's two and two. In my mind, because double would be three, but because of one and a half, or <laughs> and I'm the purest on doubles, right? Yeah, you are. You're the. But you're anyway, the, it you, was. You like, have the bar mat that says make it a double. Well, that's right. But that would be twelve to fifteen mint leaves, your ice, your ounce and a half of your simple syrup, and then four ounces of of this cognac. That would make a really, really good mint julep. Yeah, it would. I don't know if people would allow it to be called a mint julep, but... Well, I question that as well, 
But, you know, a bourbon can be outside Kentucky, so maybe a mint julep can too. Well, I'm just thinking the the, the name a, a julep. Hmm. I'd have to go back and look up the definition of what a julep is, because a julep could be a, you know, an herbed, a sweetened herbed bourbon cocktail. Right. I see you snacking over there. Mm-hmm. And I have been too. Now, these are just... Came in a four pack or a four pie. Four so, types and so one. So I had I had a fourth one, which was the New York cheesecake. Um and it was at Edwards and it was like nine bucks for these fours small. But uh I'm I'm gonna have a struggle. we I guess we're doing best of play. Of course we're gonna do <laughs> of course we're gonna do best but of play. I'm gonna have a struggle because, you know, all Three of these are really good with this cognac. Yeah. But like I said earlier, I don't know that you need anything. No, this cognac is a great sipper by itself. You know, a cool thing about cognac, you know, we've kind of talked about it a little bit when it comes to wine and, you know, some other cocktails that you don't want to hold, you don't want to warm up the spirit. You want to hold it by the stem or the drink. You don't want to hold it by the, you want to hold it by the stem. You don't want to hold it by the bowl. But cognac and mm. brandies are different. They actually do better warmed up. And there are people who buy, who when they get really expensive brandies, actually will warm up the glass that the brandy's in to allow it to kind of open up and like with flame, they'll actually warm up the glass to drink it. And, you know, I see you over there blooming it. That sounds scary, though, doesn't it? Well, yeah. Well, it depends on the type of glass you use. With the one that we have, this, this blown, the blown glass um, snifter, I, I, no, I wouldn't do it. I just hold it, you know, just hold it by the bowl. Your hand is naturally going to warm it up. But if you had something like a really nice, leaded, cut crystal glass that's going to be able to take the heat, yeah, I could I could see it if I had a very expensive cognac. Yeah. But it it's it's honestly a it's one of the few spirits to me that does better room temperature or warmed than cold. Yeah. Now, what it, when was the first time you had cognac? Do you remember? Um it probably probably very recent, Josh, because of the sidecars, it's not really something I would I would uh, drink back in the day. I mean, it's kind of pricey, but the price point on this is like $50. Right. But there are other, there are, this is a great cognac. Definitely, in my opinion, worth 50 bucks. Yeah. Worth $50 a bottle. But there are some out there that are a little bit cheaper that are still really good. One of the brands, Mirlet, is very good and is affordable. For either cocktail level or, or just sipping. Now, if, if you're going to buy a, a cognac and you're only going to use it in cocktails, right? I would highly suggest buying a VS. Mm-hmm. Uh, the very which means very special. There, it's kind of the beginning of the cognac realm, and you don't want to because you can usually find them um, for not very, not very much. You know, twenty, thirty bucks a bottle which is very reasonable. Mm-hmm. And 
They're going to do well in a cocktail. They're not going to get lost, but they're going to give it everything you need. I would not suggest using any sort of XO. VSOP maybe. Oh, for a cocktail? For a cocktail. Oh, no, 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 Josh. VS, VSOP maybe. If I could get it for, you know, $40 or under. But, you know, a lot of people like to use Cavassier or Remy Martin VSO, VSOPs. And I think sometimes that's a little bit of a waste because the the price point just doesn't allow. It makes me feel weird to use it in a cocktail. Oh, yeah. Well, I was doing this research and I, I click on one of the many, you know, many hits on Ferranda or Ferrarda. Ferranda. Is that how you say it? Ferrarda. Anyway. I, I, For, took, I would say Ferrand. Uh, French, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> you don't say half the letters. <laughs> Unfrenchy. But um, I was trying to put the accent different so that it would sound like it's French. But anyway, I did a click on it, and I forgot what year the bottle was, but it was an XO. That's the top level, right? Uh, yes. I think so. There may be some, There may be a very special XO. Well, I just want to say this was a very special bottle. I forgot what year it was, but it was 3000 so million dollars. Yeah. And so, I don't know who's going to buy that, but... Uh, <laughs> Same people who buy... I don't know if Elon Musk Louis drinks. the 13th. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So have you tried any of the snacks? I, I started a comment about you snacking over there, and every time I say it, you're, you're snacking some more. Yes, I have. So these are all really good cheesecakes. What I think works well with the, the pairing is the cheesecakes aren't very sweet. They're not overly sweet. That's right. And think that bit goes best with the cognac. So like I had the brownie one. Mm-hmm. At first I had a lot of the brownie and just a little bit of the cheesecake piece. Mm-hmm. And it felt out of balance. Yeah. But then I got a bite that had more of the cheesecake, cheesecake. piece. And that really kind of balanced it out. It worked well that tangy, tangy tartness of the cheesecake went well with the cognac. Okay. And it's kind of been the same all the way through. You know, the the strawberry was the strawberry was probably I'm gonna have to think about it before we do best on plate, but the the tang sweet of the strawberry worked well with it all. They've all worked well with this cognac. And but like you said at the beginning, the cognac just goes good with air. Oh good with air. Here you go. You've said that more <laughs> I say that, I show. say that a lot. And you know that sometimes there are some things that aren't made to be paired. Okay. Not right. that they can't be. Yeah. But they are good enough to just stand on their own. Which, which in my mind, this is. Yeah. Because I agree. It's made to mix with that cocktail that's going to stand by its own. You're sitting at the bar. You're, you know, easing down from a great meal or you're getting ready for a great meal. So I think. I don't know officially if this is either one, an aperitif or a... I believe technically it's, it would be considered an after-dinner drink. Well, I, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if it actually would go into a digestive category. See, I don't either, but because that, to me it kind of doesn't matter. If you like it before, if you like it after, go for it. Well, it's, it's like a scotch. Is a scotch an aperitif? 
or is it a DJF? Is it a before dinner drink or is it an after dinner drink? Yes. I- exactly. So there are certain types of beverages that aren't that are neither aperitifs or digestifs. They're their own kind of category. Now, right. the oh god, what was the Nocino mm-hmm. that you brought back? That Amaro that you brought back from Italy? That is a digestif. Right. That is set up to be something that you have after a meal to quote age aid in digestion, which I'm still on the fence about that whole thing. Well, what what do you what's wrong? Oh, I don't the scientific piece of it. Oh, I don't know how that works really, but so this you know this 1840 original formula goes back you know they were like 10 generations of the sons of of Elif for how'd you say it Ferrand 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 and they all made it down to this area and it and inspired their stored accomplishments so huge history on this one and their whole family of you know first crew and to me, the neat thing about this is the finish is like never ending. Yeah, it goes. You, yeah, it just goes and goes and goes. And that's why I think you might have just sat there and said, it's okay to go over there because the finish just keeps on going. Well, and I, I prefer cognacs. I prefer just to drink them. You know, they can pair, like we said, they pair well. but. I think it's a very specific pair. Uh-huh. I think if I were to pair cognac, it may be more before the meal. Okay. With cheeses and those the cheeses and nuts and <laughs> those sorts of things. And that's why it works with the cheesecake. So I had a mu- miscommunication about this podcast. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> so, did. Uh, and I'm very mid- surprised you didn't just switch your alcohol. No. I'm surprised you just didn't switch everything because no, th- no. like this is a great after dinner drink. It is I want to drink this after Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because it makes me slow down and I don't have to eat anything. So my miscommunication for the listener's sake was, you know, I thought we were just gonna sit and drink this and it didn't it didn't have to be desserts. That it was just, you know, bar food kind of thing. Well, that's not right. Not bar food, but just snack snacks. Yeah, what were you going to pair with? It's a standard pairing. Josh missed a perfect opportunity because it was going to be duck ham. I know. I Did, did you eat it all? <laughs> and I was going to have some Irish cheddar and some Gorn Goza. And to me, I was going to be excited about which ones was going to pair with this. Every single thing you just said would have paired. <laughs> well, I think the best one though would have been the cheddar. Uh, well, I'm I'm not sure. And when I got home, Joey goes, "Oh, you bought that blue cheesy stuff again." <laughs> you have a tendency not to finish the blue cheese. I <laughs> that's know that's the thing. You know, that's the what gets well, I'm gonna have to finish that one because <laughs> I may, um, you know, I I don't know what we're eating tonight, but I just might have Gordon Gosa and and uh, duck ham. Yeah, I mean, you can make a gorgonzola cream sauce, put over some pasta, mm-hmm, mm, that'd mm-hmm. be good. But anyway, I, so you initially thought 
and you paired this with more savory items. Right. Which is a great, which was a great go-to. I think that would have been great. I but think the cheesecakes are working. The cheesecakes work. I think if you, if somebody had on their table some sort of like citrus curd, like a lemon curd or a lime curd dessert or right. lemon icebox pie, which is usually, you know, it's a Southern thing, but it's usually more of a, or lemon meringue pie. Oh, my mother always made a, a lemon crumble. Yeah. Le, you know, lemon bars, uh, crumble, th- those yeah. sorts of more sharp, almost more savory style desserts would go. It's going to go really well. Or if you have cheeses, or you know, if you do it, if yeah. you do a cheese and fruit plate afterwards, I think this would be a great pairing. And I think you did a very, you made a very wise choice in going to cheesecake. Yeah. Because of that tartness, you didn't. You knew that this this couldn't handle overly sweet, right? Which like this apple. If you try this apple pie in it, it probably wouldn't go quite well because the apples are so sweet, and it's just going to get overpowered, most likely. But I say all that to say I still think it's a great after dinner drink. It will be. <laughs> Got a whole new bottle now. Well, it and is sidecars. It is sidecar season. We're almost we're almost a blood orange season. So, right, a couple of weeks. All right. Well, that's about all I have. I mean, um, it's it's not that high high level uh, cognac. And if you want to go out there and buy that XO, you're probably going to spend more than twice as much money as this one. So, you know, I don't know. I mean, this, like, this is a great choice. Like, if you're looking for a cognac that can sit on your bar, that you can have make cocktails with, or if you want to start to get into cognac, sipping cognac, this is one of the ones that I would say go for. Yeah, such that you didn't have to buy that, you know, $150, $200 XO bottle. Yeah. You know, you'll this, probably want to get there after you start. Well, yeah, and if you if you get into it, then you can get into more of the nuances. But you know, this, the Mirlet, the Martinelli, mm-hmm. or Martel, Martel, Martel. That's another. Those are two other brands that do really good cognacs at more valuable prices. Right. That I think are definitely worth the money. All right. Before we switch over, I did bloom it. Okay. Did you bloom yours? I did not. I didn't think it needed it. It doesn't. But I did bloom it, and the creaminess was there to begin with. But the creaminess that happened after the blooming was, like, smoother. Yeah. And that leatherness and the nuts and the honey... That was there to begin with, begin with, smoothed out and were more pronounced. Yeah. Once I bloomed it, and that's typical. When we bloom it, we get more of the 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 fruitiness, the aromas, those kinds of things. Anyway, so you know, listeners, hey, you know, don't forget to bloom it. Yeah. I, you know, maybe you're gonna have to bloom it on your second glass, but that's okay. <laughs> Yeah, and don't put a whole bunch. Like, definitely do oh, not no, put this I only over put ice. Like three drops. Mm-hmm. 
If you're drinking this by itself, I would not suggest putting it over ice. Mm-mm. All right. Well, we ready to head over to your brand new experience? I am. I'm, I'm going to have to clean my palate. I'm, yeah, a, go right ahead. I'm very excited about this. So my. Tell us again what it is. My after dinner drink is the Henrik and Henrik Madeira. Now, Madeira, for those of you who may not know, Madeira is a fortified wine that is from Portugal. It's from the island that shares the name, from the island of Madeira. And it is, there's a process called matterization that which happens to these wines. So we'll get into a little bit more of that. Anyway, so I have the Henriques and Henriques 10-year-old Malvasia Madeira. And like I said, it comes from Portugal. My pairings are a, uh, they call it the strawberry dream cake. But it's basically a vanilla, a vanilla cake with some strawberry cream in the middle. A apple pie. A chocolate. Um, a basically a Brookshire, so a brownie that has mm-hmm. uh, cookie dough on it, mm-hmm. and then these chocolate cookies with a caramel center called Tim Tams. <laughs> and it's kind of funny because the apple pie and the Tim Tams kind of go into some of the history of this beverage. So Madeira, like I said, is an island off of Portugal. It's a Portuguese-controlled island during the age of exploration. So since it was part of an island that was part of the trade and, you know, ships got it and moved around everything, they had to fortify the wine so that it could stand the journeys. Oh, okay. right. So that was kind of how this whole fortified wine came up. Because if you put a wine cat, a regular wine cast on a ship, it's going to go bad. It's mm-hmm. going to get burned. It's going to get too much sun exposure kind of thing. Well, Madeira. Now. Back in that day, were they corking or were they actually capping? Or barrels. Or both. We're in barrels. Oh, okay. Barrels. Yeah, we're in barrels here because they shipped in barrels. And then once they got to location, that was when they were bottled. Okay. So we're back, you know, we're, we're back in the, they call it, you know, the age of exploration. So we're talking the East India Trade Company when everybody's trying to go around. Well, they used this alcohol to stabilize the wine. They fortified it from from Madeira. And then they would get on these ships and they would travel all around the world. They'd travel to, you know, places as far as India. Well, traveling from from Madeira, which is basically off kind of off the Horn of Africa. Or not the Horn of Africa. Off the east coast the west coast of Africa. Okay. And we're going all the way to India. It's hot. Okay. It gets yeah. hot. And the wines go through this process where they get all this heat and exposure and they kind of cook. Uh, they matterize. And what came out was this sweet, almost like extra nutty kind of flavor. And they called it Madeira. One of the things that's very interesting about it, we, you know, we talked about, I talked about how this was, you know, used on the voyages from the Dutch East India Trading Company. And Tim Tams are English cookies, right? Right. One of the most popular beverages in the colonial United States was Madeira. It was, you know, Washington and John Hancock and all these, Alexander Hamilton, Benjamin Franklin, John Adams, they all loved Madeira. 
So there's, you know, a theory <laughs> out there that the toast that happened after the U.S. Constitution or even the Declaration of Independence could have been Madeira. Well, it could have been Gornar. I doubt it. I doubt it because we're because talking, Brit- rich. We're talking <laughs> we're British rich. colony yeah. here. And, but it was. It was known to be very popular with the Founding Fathers. So I think it's kind of funny that we have an apple pie. You know, American is apple pie here. And we have a British cookie. So the, it's a very, it's a, it's a very interesting one of a kind style of wine. Like I said, it's made in the island of Madeira. There are particular grapes which are used to make Madeira, and it's Cereal, Vadejo, Bonal, Tarantines, and Malvasia. So the Madeira that we're drinking base is 100% Malvasia. Okay. It has been. Matterized and fortified, and it has been aged for 10 years. So it's a 10 year old Malvasia. Okay. Malvasia wine. It is, it, it's, have you even picked it up yet? Well, I picked it up. <laughs> You've been I doing know. others. I've been, I've, watching been I've been excited to hear. I know, but I thought you'd been smelling and sniffing oh, and smelling. tasting. And tell us what you smell earth. Lots of good earth. I don't want to say that kind of that leathery, leathery. Yeah. And then there's that sweetness in the background. You get any kind of nuttiness. I get nuttiness, and I'm trying to figure out what nut is. It's like, it's not pecan, it's not, you know, it's it's more of the, if it's any, it's like an English walnut, maybe. Okay. It's not a cashew, not anything like that. So I'm going to say English walnut. Because English, English walnuts, you know, when they come off the tree, they got that extra covering, and then under that covering is this big, heavy covering. And it's like it's hard as heck to get to it. Well, there's a lot of that in there. Okay, I'm going to have to. Did you, did you say anything about ABV? You said it's 10-year-old. 20. It's 20% ABV. Oh, I mean, it's a, it's just a fortified wine that has, it gets, but with, with this, you're also getting, to me, you also get a lot of like cooked flavors. So those nuts are like roasted nuts. There's some roasted honey. Oh yeah. There's that earthiness that you're talking about, but it's, and it, you're getting, you also have. It's like they macerated and cooked and. Recook those grapes. Mm-hmm. So that's that. That's that maturation process. You get it's heated, and you get this oxidation that comes through that gives it some of those extra flavors. But oh my goodness, there's a sweetness there when you taste it. Oh, there. It, yeah, it's surprising. I mean, you taste it, and you get exactly what you smelled, and then boom, that's gone, and it's that sweetness. So the the residual sugar here. For those of you who are nerdy, it's 120 grams per liter. Oh, that's wow. The total acidity, though, is 5.4 grams per liter. So that's the trick. You taste that sweetness, but then at the end, it makes your mouth water. You're still getting that acidity that will just kind of carry through and make your palate just want even more and more. Now... The producers of this, Henriks and Henriks, date back to the early 
uh, sorry, the mid 1800s. So 1850 is when this company was founded and started doing Madeira. And it was a family business run for up until the 60s. Mm. Uh, The last Henriques died in 1968. And then from there, it didn't go to, he didn't have any, it seemed like he may not have any children or anything. And it went to actually like a conglomerate of his friends and people who had been collaborating with him throughout the year. And in 1992 is when they kind of started building a new, kind of some new heritage there. But think about that, 1850. Mm-hmm. And we're in... We're in 2022, almost 2023, mm-hmm. and they're still, they're still making, making the style of, making the style wine. It's, it's phenomenal to me. You know, there are Madeiras. So they didn't have to reinvent it like Pierre, First Crew, Cognac mm-hmm. did. No. They just been, kept, it, it kept going from 1850 on. Mm-hmm. They've been doing it for that long. And the cognac, they had to reinvent it. Well, they didn't maybe not have to reinvent it, but they had to refigure out how they well, did it. Yeah, the new how the recipe was. Right now, I look, just want to just sit here and sip this. I'm telling you, it's so good. Maybe not even sip it, y'all. <laughs> well, it's twenty percent, so you know, I could just you, sit you here drink and... quite a bit of it. But it, it's it's such a different experience, and it's something that. I want to get more into it. Now, Malvasia. Well, explain to me. A port is a fortified wine. Correct. But not all fortified wines are port. Correct. So explain how that works. So port is a region in Portugal, in the country of Portugal, that makes a fortified wine using specific grapes that come from this region, from, from this region in port. Um, it's fortified, and that's it. Like, well, I mean, there's a lot, there's a whole lot more that goes into it. But you know, they fortify it with a neutral spirit, and then they age it. Okay. And then there's whole sorts of nuances when it comes to vintage port and year port, tawny port, ruby port. So, so that's the base. So, the basic of it is it's a it's a fortified wine that's made from the Porto region in Portugal. So all ports come from Portugal. Correct. But not all. Fortified wine, correct. Come from, but they're all going to be in that same twenty percent ABV. That I don't know. I haven't done that research. Makes sense. Well, I mean, maybe. I mean, I'm sure somebody could do a fortified wine that's higher than. Oh, for sure. I mean, the chemistry's there, right? This one, what makes Madeira different is that matterization process, that heating to get that oxidation, which originally happened from being on, in cask on ship. Okay. And being cooked, basically. On the ship? Yeah, because oh, it's so hot. Of, oh, okay. Because it's so hot, and it's oxidizing, it's being, you know, and it's cooking. Because port didn't really go all the way to India. Port just went up to mm-hmm. England. Mm-hmm. And so they brought this wine, and it cooked, and that's what kind of gave it its characteristic. So all Madeiras will have that cooked oxidation mm-hmm. process because that's what makes it a Madeira. Now, like I said, you know there are particular grapes which are used, which are allowed in Madeira. Uh, Madeira is its own DOC. Uh, like I said, it's a 
are it's a group of islands which are in the shipping lanes from the 1500s. So to go around, you know, to ship from Europe over to a quote unquote the new world, you would pass through Madeira. Okay. And that's kind of where they got their kind of where it's from. You know, it's volcanics, a mixed mixed type of volcanic soil. And it's just got a fascinating history. You know, I've, there are people who've had Madeiras that are back from, you know, the 1800s that are still good because they'll age properly stored. They'll age for a long, long time and they still will actually age in the bottle. So I'm, I'm very happy that you like this first of all. (laughs) Oh, I do. So you've been snacking. Tell me what you've been snacking on, what you've been tasting and I'll, I'm going to go ahead and eat some. So you, you first mentioned the apple pie, and that's where I started. And that seems to be a good pairing. But your chocolate cookie, chocolate cookie, is not as good, which I'm not surprised because the sweetness of the wine and the sweetness of the cookie seem to have an issue with each other. That residual sugar that's in this wine, or this fortified wine, it's not fighting. It's just not that good of a match as the apple pie was, for whatever reason. The apple has sweetness for sure, but it's not over-the-top sweetness. Have you tried the apple pie? Well, he just put some in his mouth. (laughs) And then I tried the the other uh, chocolate with the... M&M's or Skittles, whatever those things are on top. M&M's. It's like a brownie with cookie. Um, Again, that's not as good a uh, pairing. And it's not from the point that it's too sweet or not too sweet. It's just the tastes don't meld together as well. Mm. They're all three good. But that... I'm just just sitting here and drink the four or five wine. The Madeira, you can say, you can call it a Madeira. A Madeira, you know, because it's, you know, it's okay. Both of these, both of these, I could see you could just go to the cigar bar and either take it with you or order it if you can, and you're you're good to go. Because I get the, I get a little bit of leather with the Madeira, and maybe a Maduro <laughs> cigar would be perfect, but you definitely get the leatherness. From the cognac. And so the leatherness of the cognac and the, that kind of leatherness that you sometimes get with a cigar would really go well. We might have to do another episode with cigars with these. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. Maybe we can do it with either the, the guys. Well, that... I know how we can do it. We may not record it, but we can, while we're frying that turkey in a couple of weeks, we'll just sit out here with the cognac and the... And the Maduro and a couple of cigars and see how it goes. <laughs> yeah, that would be, uh, that would definitely be good. Now, so there's a lot more to Madeira than like we've talked about. You know, like I said, this is a, Mal- a 10 year aged Malvasia. There are, you know, there are a whole bunch of other different, you know, not a whole bunch. There are five, five other different grapes that can be used. You know, we talked about Seria. Vodero, Bonal, or Boal, Tarante, or Tarantes, and Tinta Negra. Now, Tinta Negra 
for those of you who are maybe more port people, Tinta Negra is a grape which is used in port as well. But you can have like this. You can have a single bottling, but then you can also have Madeiras that are blends that have different types of labelings on there. Because you'll see reserve, which means it's five years, special reserve, 10 years, extra reserve. You'll have that same Cotija, a Cotija uh, that we had with our port. You know, it's a single vintage shows a, or a harvest Madeira that are all specific vintages that they will age quite a long time. You know, not just in these in their aging process, but also in bottle before they release it. There's also rainwater, a style of Madeira that's just really kind of United States stuff that may be a good entry point. This bottle was fifty dollars. Okay, so it's a little bit of investment to get into. Uh, the rainwater ones are going to be a little bit cheaper. Now it's a full seven fifty. Yeah. I'm just saying a lot of times you, when you go to the port, you don't get a 750. You get like a 350. That's not 750. Yes, it is. 750 milliliters. Okay. Just look <laughs> it just, okay the other it's question a different I, shape. <laughs> the other question I have is the uh, Malvasia is a white wine or a white grape. Correct. So to explain how we get the white grape and it be a fortified red. So here's the thing: it's not red. It's ox- it's, cooked. it's burnt. It's oxidized. <laughs> no, I'm serious. That's where the right. color is okay, coming from. The okay. color, yeah. the color is coming from the barrel aging and the oxidation process. See, I heard all that, and my brain was saying, "Okay, we got this red grape, and we're starting out. We're we're doing all this cooking. We put it in the barrel, and we got the salt water, and and the pirates are going by because it's a pirate season back in the 1850s." And, you know, well, yeah. this, I mean, this dates back even farther than that. I huh? mean, the Madeira dates back farther than that. Right. So if you actually look at the color of it, it's actually like brown. Yeah, it's brown. It's not red. It's brown with a clear monesis on the end. Yeah, so that's, that, that's how, that's why I'm like, well, it's not red. It's brown. It's mm-hmm. cooked. It's mm-hmm. matterized. Mm-hmm. It's oxidized. You're just floored over there, aren't you? Oh, what? I said, you're floored over there. We're just breaking your brain with well, a new, yeah, with a new beverage. Are. Yeah, so you're going to have to pour me some more. I hadn't even finished it. <laughs> well, I'm ready for some more. Uh, so it's, it's, it's a grape originated from, like, Greece probably. in the Mediterranean. And are there any Malvasian grapes in California? I doubt, I doubt it. I well, I don't know, because it just depends on, if it was in, let's see, I got I to gotta do my finger across the equator or the earth latitude, and I think part of California might be in the same latitude. Well, but here's the thing that makes it different. You got, well, we just ta- send it out to ship. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking about an island. I know. Which has a completely different microclimate than California, a coast. Well, yeah. So I think if you're going to look for somewhere that could possibly make this that has to do Oregon. with the United States. Or Washington. What are you talking about? It's cold there. Not in Oregon. Uh, Dad. Uh, Dad. Okay, all right. <laughs> well, I'm just, 
I'm, uh, I'm, I'm saying I'm wanting- Hawaii. Okay, I'm, I'm loving this wine. <laughs> I'm ready for a road trip to go find some in the United States. Why? Why not just, why not settle that we can't make this? Why not be okay with that? Okay, I'll ask Siri in a minute. <laughs> I mean, you're not going to find this in the United States. Mm-hmm. You're not going to find this style of Madarat. I mean, you might find it made in the United States somewhere, but... With a grape somewhere, but not though. It's not going to be, it's not going to be this. It, you could find a matterized 10-year-old mm-hmm. great product. Yeah. But it's going to be very different because, like I'm talking about the climate. You know, we talked about, the, you know, we're off the, you know, we're off the western coast of Africa here. Mm-hmm. And we are, you know, we're out to sea a little bit. Mm-hmm. I honestly think if you're going to grow this anywhere that has to do with the United States, the only place I can think of that is... Contiguous, not not even contiguous United States, but just has a star on the flag or is a territory. Mm-hmm. You're looking at Guam or Hawaii. Yeah, that's going to have anywhere sort of the same soil climate okay. because it's it's very it's a small island chain, small yeah. archipelago that has volcanic soil. Okay, which. The only places that I can really think of that have true volcanic soil in the United States are going to be any of our island territories or oh, okay. our state. Okay. And it's going to have the hot climate. But. This is good. It's really good. <laughs> but, here, I mean, here's my. I mean, but you've I, had this before. You should... I have not. I haven't had the Malvasia before. So, Malvasia, if you're going to cry, like I talked about just a second ago. If you're hearing what we're doing and be like, oh my gosh, I want to try something like this. Like I said, this bottle is $50. To me, it is a thousand percent worth $50. It okay. may have been like 53 uh, or 56, something like that. Anyway, right around the 50 to $55 mark. If you don't want to spend that much, look for a rainwater Madeira because that rainwater designation is a sweeter style of port or of Madeira. Not quite as aged as long, but it's going to give you a lot of these same kind of understandings that nuttiness from the oxidation, that sweetness from the fortification and how they, how they uh, tend the grapes. Okay, another <laughs> not so trick question. I could ask where you bought it, but are you going to find this? Mavasia fortified Madeira over with the ports, or are you going to yes. find it over with like the Portugal? No, you're going to find it in a in a wine shop. You're going to yeah. find it near the port. Okay, you're going to find it near the ports. All your dessert wine, like right. This was by the ports. It was by the Tokai. It was by the late harvest Rieslings. It was by the Baron Alslaces. Like it was in that dessert wine area right. of the store that I went to. Well, I think that eighteen or that nineteen eighty six that we were talking about was in the same price range. I don't. I don't know. That was a long time ago. I was going to say that. That was also but, like eight years ago or more. Yeah. But yeah, that. I mean, your ports are going to be in that t- basic price range. Well, a higher-end port. 
Yeah. A basic Ruby port, a basic Tawny port is not going to be in this price range. Hmm. Man. <laughs> Have you had the cake with it yet? Yeah. I was not impressed with the cake. Why not? And it. There wasn't enough strawberry. <laughs> I mean, the, the white icing. So here, listeners, you'll see this on the Instagram post when he, when he puts the pictures out there. It's a white cake with a little strawberry and white icing and then another layer, layer same thing, and another layer with white and some strawberries on top. So you don't get much strawberry taste. I think if we had strawberry cake, strawberry icing in between each layer, and strawberries on top, it had a chance to be a great pairing. To me, it just wasn't. Okay. Because of that earthy, earthy, earthy of the fortified Madeira. Yeah. Just did not go with this light, airy cake. Is this your first time ever having... Do you want to... By the way, do you want more? Hell yes. Is this your first time ever having something like oxidized and so, like this kind of stuff? I know this is your first time ever having Madeira. I think it's first. Well, other than maybe some other port that did the same thing, oxidized. But it, the port is much sweeter yeah. to me than this. But it has that same. A port can have that same earthy. It's not. It's not a chewy texture, earthiness. It's just that light, smooth earth that you can just kick it back and not not be chewing and not have to worry about how much. Man, I love giving you stuff you've never had before because <laughs> I, love, I love the experience of seeing somebody because I, I'm sure I went through the same thing with the person who gave me my first port. Or my first in my first Madeira, and it's just it's great to to have that raw experience of something you've never had before. But I, you know, I love that experience because you know also just to show you guys, the listeners, that you know we haven't had everything and we we have some aha experiences. And also, I'm just glad to be involved in one of your aha experiences and getting it on tape. <laughs> well, <laughs> because. You know, I, I know, I know, I've gone through many of these personally, but yeah, I haven't been able to go back a, to it. He'll put on my tombstone: John Mills, born 1951, died such and such date, loves Maduro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's a great, it's a great, it's a great and underrepresented, especially in not big wine market areas, right? An underrepresented wine. All right. Well, I think we are up to best on plate. Are you ready for it? I'm ready. I'm totally ready. Okay, so let's start with yours. Best on your plate, go. Uh, the strawberry swirl cheesecake. Okay, why that one? Because you said it, I think, it didn't have as much sweetness as the two chocolates. Okay. And that seems to pair better with that cognac. Yep. You know, like we said before, the cognac just pairs with air. You didn't need anything. <laughs> yep. It definitely, it definitely does a more savory pair. What um, about you? For me, I think it was the chocolate drizzle cheesecake. Okay. I liked that little bit of tart, like that little bit of cocoa bite that you got with the chocolate. And it really was a super light, like swirl on top. 
Uh, and I I was able to get a lot of that nice soury and maybe the New cheesecake York cheesecake that didn't that, have anything on it would probably, even be better. That probably would have been really really good. But the brownie one was just that you you didn't know how much chocolate you were going to get in a bite. Right. It was great. It just didn't quite go with that. Right. All right. Now the Madeira with hair. <laughs> That's not how oh, this works. Okay, okay. Okay. Best thing on the plate. Best thing on the plate was the apple pie. The apple pie. I agree. Oh, no, I don't agree. But I understand the the you crust. Don't agree? I don't agree. Okay. But the crust of the apple pie played against that light sweetness of the apple yeah. works so well yeah. with that rustic crustiness of the Madeira. And I'm gonna I'm gonna contradict you. I think the cake was the best. The cake. Okay. Now I agree. If it was a full strawberry cake, it would have been even better. It'd have been because lights the, out because the strawberry bit of the cake worked so well with it. But the sweet, the level of sweetness and the, the whipped cream that you had, you couldn't take a big bite of the cake because otherwise it would have been too sweet. But a nice, nice smaller size bite of, of the cake with all those flavors where you can still get that strawberry running through worked so well to me. So I just did the strawberry icing by itself, throw away the white cake, Throw away the white icing. It's whipped cream. Folks, it's whipped cream whipped icing, cream. so it's not great and icing. that goes great with the pie. Yeah. Or with the um, Duro. Yeah, and that, well, that was kind of my thing. Is like you can't get a too big bite of the cake. You have to get just kind of a smaller bit. And But the vanilla, the light sweetness, that strawberry running through was just, with the Madeira, Ooh. just works so mm. well. So I know I'm going to have to have a second bottle of this to bring to Thanksgiving. Yes, <laughs> but after everybody's left, or before, except for you, me, Marie, and <laughs> Mom. Uh, but we don't know how many's coming, but that's all right. Yeah. Maybe Marie is, maybe she isn't. Yeah. Well, I think it's uh, it's time for you to blind me on on a spirit. All right, here we all go. All right, let's get it poured up. So, Dad has a spirit poured up for me. It is very dark. In color, it's coating the glass with its color. Um, it kind of looks like a little reddish, reddish, blackish. Put our light on it. Yeah, kind of dark, very dark, reddish, blackish color. Very coating in the glass. You can see the line that just coats the gl- coats the glass. And you know, if we want to look at the legs, we're looking at fat, fat, slow legs here. If you don't get this, I'm gonna scream. <laughs> um, okay. On the nose, it smells of cherry. It's kind of the main note. There's some earthiness. There's um, some maybe way back there light medicinal smells, but it really just comes off as cherry. Kind of that main, that main kind of flavor that you're getting. Ooh, very viscous, very thick on the palate, sweet but tart at the same time. Not really acidic tart, but just there's some like tartar fruit flavors on it. Mm. Yeah, that cherry. Everything I said on the nose, I'm getting here. Cherry, some light medicinalness, but nothing like overly medicinal here. And sweetness, light earth, medicinal. I think this is a cherry liqueur. So something along the lines of like a cherry herring or a Luxardo. Not the Luxardo Maraschino one that's in like the 
the paper, like the uh, like grass wrap bottle, but like a good cherry liqueur. Being a sweeter like that, that's what makes me think of it being a liqueur. That's it. That's Is that a world record? No. Well, no. But I, I challenge you. Okay. And so, so I think that's, that's what I'm going to do. And What and, are we doing next week? Well, so next week, the episode will release on American Thanksgiving. Uh, so the, the fourth Thursday of November. So what we're going to do, so rather as, than... So as the wiser at Black Friday Thanksgiving <laughs> shopping, <laughs> and the guys are over here laying on the couch, couch with their bellies sticking up, we are, we're going to have... We're going to do th- cocktails. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to throw in a cocktail week here. We're going to do some like fall Thanksgiving inspired cocktails. We're not quite sure exactly what we're going to do. We just know that's going to be our theme for next week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Dad, once again, another fantastic podcast. Glad to have you back and uh, have a feeling your Christmas gift may be a bottle of Madeira, but <laughs> who knows <laughs> at this point. Me. But uh, once again, we thank you guys out for being here with us. We're out there on all the socials, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. If you think we are, you've enjoyed the podcast and you think we're worth it, please go to your favorite podcast platform. Give us, smash that like, subscribe button, and give us a rating. Give us some stars. Give us a review. It really helps us to know what you like and what you don't like. Things we can do better here because we know we're not perfect. We're just two guys. We're just two guys enjoying some drinks and some food and talking about it. And we love to hear from you guys. And having an epiphany moment every once in a while. <laughs> every once in a while. We'll throw something down new and have, have an epiphany moment. And uh, so for all of us here at Acquired Tasting, once again, I'm Josh Mills. Oh, this was a good one. And I'm John Mills. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. And goodbye.